You found us. Welcome to Emergency Protocol, a podcast for people who are stressy and depressy. We are your hosts, Denise and Jackie Freed. That's my mama. And that's my baby. We are sharing our 12 steps reimagined for today's society. And our bumpy, pothole-ridden spiritual paths. And we're bringing you along for the ride. This is us doing the actual work. When the shit hits the fan, you know it's time for... Emergency Emergency Protocol. Hi, friends. (laughs) Welcome to our hydration episode. Just kidding. (laughs) That's later. Welcome back. Welcome back. We're doing it. We're still here. We're still here. And you're still here. We're all still here. Episode 13. Step nine. Shit gets real. Yeah. Shit has been real. It has been real. It's been real. It's been real for a minute. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's still real. <laughs> this is, this is, it's real because it, it involves going outside of yourself, right? Like we've done a lot of inner, inner work and mm-hmm. processing and this involves the external world. Well, it's also like, you know, it was one thing to read this stuff to somebody mm-hmm. now to take ownership of it and mm-hmm. go to somebody and be like, grandma, sorry, I stole all those Valium. Actually, I did. We're sitting in your house. I did. I stole a Valium from Grandma, who lived in this house. We're a little medicine cabinet. In Grandma there. had Valium. Yeah, she had back problems. She said she got back. She had back problems her whole life. I asked her how it mm. happened. She said it came from jitterbugging. Nice at the Palladium. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, if you can picture Grandma jitterbugging, I cannot. I cannot. But she had very sore back in her older Ooh. older age and i had a very sore addiction problem <laughs> <laughs> so i needed a few of her volumes your kundalini was a little sore <laughs> need, need to stretch it out mm-hmm. yeah so nice uh-huh speaking of amends speaking of amends so yeah in mm-hmm. case you couldn't tell already that is the theme of this episode and the step You want to read the old one? Sure. Okay. So the original version in... Step um, nine. In step nine Mm -hmm. in uh, traditional 12-step rooms is made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Mm. So the new one that we wrote was... Mm -hmm. We seek healing for the wounds we have caused through direct amends, except when doing so would cause further harm. So it's pretty similar, mm-hmm. but also a little bit different. Yeah. And this is, again, why we're, we say don't toss your fourth step. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to read the fifth step and figure out who those people are. Mm-hmm. So that you can come and do this work, this next kind of step of work. So we're going to refer to the list that we made in step eight from step four of the people, places, and things. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to consult with, we're going to call it, for lack of a better word, guide. Mm -hmm. 
in 12-step rooms, they call it a sponsor. Mm -hmm. It could be a therapist. It could be somebody you're just working these steps with, Mm -hmm. whoever it is, to determine what amends need to be made. Yeah. So sometimes I would think that I didn't need to make an amends because I was wronged and so reacted to being wronged. Mm. But I, in fact, needed to make an amends because just because somebody else is an asshole doesn't mean that I get to be an asshole too. Mm. So this is the step where we look at our side of the street. Is my side of the street swept up and clean or is it filled with debris and candy wrappers and... Mm -hmm. Cigarette butts. And need a good power wash. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Woof. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's pretty scary. One of the first mm-hmm. amends I made was to a company that I worked at. It was my last, like, alcoholic job where I was still... I was trying to get sober. I was going to meetings, but I wasn't staying sober. Mm. And it was a shirt manufacturer downtown LA. Mm. And it was a holiday, Christmas Eve. I think I had talked about this where Mm -hmm. we got our bonuses and the champagne went around once, twice, third time. I grabbed it, drank it, and then went and found my drug dealer and was missing for Christmas. Mm. So there's another amend there, right? Mm-hmm. A living amends to my family to show up for Christmases thereafter. Mm-hmm. I actually ended up hosting Christmases on Friday. Mm. But I never went back to that job. Like, I never went to pick up my final paycheck. I never, like, oh. I just disappeared. Mm-hmm. And so I wrote a letter to the person in charge Mm -hmm. of that location Mm -hmm. and explained that I was an addict and Mm -hmm. an alcoholic and that I was uh, sorry for leaving them with no notice Mm -hmm. and that I, you know, put, could have possibly put them in a bind and, and that I was really sorry for uh, my actions. Mm. And he kindly wrote me a letter back saying he was happy that I was getting help. Nice. And so that was a really nice reaction. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you don't get that reaction. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in that instance, it would have been after discussing it with my sponsor, mm-hmm. we decided it would be okay to write a letter rather than going down there and making an appointment mm-hmm. and having to deal with all of the people that I also disappeared mm. from, right? Like I just to deal because it would not have been, it would have been too unsafe. Like well, not unsafe. It's mentally just, for you. I, um, yeah, it would have been. It would have been very. It would have been overwhelming. Unnecessarily uncomfortable. Yeah. So yeah. Um, and the need and the amends needed to be made to the company and and yeah. so on. The other amends I talked about already was mm-hmm. when I <laughs> drove through a liquor store window. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anybody from Santa Monica surf liquor on Main Street? When I was 14, driving mm-hmm. my friend's MG, and I was unlicensed. So I went back to make an amends. The ownership had changed, and I volunteered like 100 hours plus, actually, mm-hmm. at the teen center. And actually took in a few teens Fun. to our house and kind of helped them as much as I could because they yeah. had parents who were living out of motels from motel to motel. Mm. And I was 
trying to help them, but I was in no position, you know, I was early twenties. I was in no position to Mm -hmm. become a foster parent or, you know, any of that stuff. But I did do the best I could with teens that I came across to kind of help because that's the time that I made that judgment error. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so just shared my experience strength and help with them on that. Nice. And then the other thing I wrote here in my notes for today was, what are some of the ways you will try to sabotage making the amends? Mm. (laughs) Which is like, I don't really need to do that. Mm -hmm. It was so long ago. Yeah. I don't even talk to that person anymore. I'll literally never see them again in my life. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Or, yeah. And so it's kind of like those things where Mm -hmm. it's nagging on you, but it, yeah, it's nagging on you, but you're finding a way to like skip over it Mm because, but it's still going to nag you. So the deal is you got to at least attempt to find them. Yeah. And barring that, find something of equal value that you can return, like, you know, you borrowed money and never paid it back. Mm-hmm. Or you, you know, you would say you were going to be someplace and you wouldn't show up or show up late with no apologies. And that was mm. historically behavior for me. Like I would just make plans and not show mm-hmm. <laughs> and not call. And pretend those were in the days like when you happened. had to make plans ahead of time via a telephone or seeing somebody in person and then write it in your date book. And you didn't, you couldn't text them and be like, oh, sorry. Right. The dog is throwing up. Yeah, you just whatever. Yeah, and they had already left, and there was Mm -hmm. no way to reach them unless you're calling the restaurant or whatever you were going. Yeah, (laughs) it was. uh, It was. Yeah. So you know, and also just flat out bad behavior Mm. for me. So some of the amends were kind of to myself in that way too. Mm. It's like, okay, if I make a commitment. Mm The way I'm going to make amends to myself is I'm going to show up mm-hmm. even when I don't want to because that feels better mm. than being the flake that I always have been, mm-hmm. right? So I'm going to change my behavior. The amends is I'm changing my behavior around being a flake by sticking to my commitment that mm-hmm. I've made to. And a lot of it I learned by bringing a cake to a meeting, right? Mm-hmm. So like I have a cake commitment. Mm-hmm. Might have been high that morning, but I still went to the meeting with the cake because I had a commitment well to show up. And go you. That's kind of why meet, meetings have commitments, right? Uh-huh. So that you keep showing up and you have a kind of a responsibility or a job, quote, yeah. to do. Interesting. Um, anyway. So, okay. So for the Christmas thing. Did you go out of your way to like tell the family like from now on I will be showing up for Christmas or did you just like start doing it? I just started doing it because they didn't believe anything that I am the Mm. boy who cried wolf right now. It's like, oh, yeah, I promise I'm going to do better next time. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Right. How many times had they experienced that from me? Right. So it took I'd say. It was a good year or two before I really, like, people knew they could count on me again. Mm -hmm. You know, part of it, too, was I was so young when I got sober, right? I was 20 years old, so I was still kind of uh, childish. 
And I think, I mean, I definitely went through a period like that too in my early 20s where like, and I'm still very late, right? Like I have this lack of (laughs) any concept of time (laughs) that tends to throw me off. I've gotten significantly better, right? Yeah. But I am still late. I'm often like late to work in the morning still. It's something I'm working on. But I think in your early 20s, there's also this adjustment of like being accountable for yourself that takes a minute, right? And being accountable, like like you just have to be responsible for yourself and learn right. how to do that. Like that's a learning. And I see it in like all kinds of people where I'm like, oh, like they're still like, they're still settling in, right? They're not able to be, they can't respond to every text message mm-hmm. in this moment, mm-hmm. right? And so it is a little frustrating to see that when it comes up, but also I've I've kind of been, I've had this like change in mindset of like, they are just not available to be interactive in that way at this moment. Cause I wasn't available to be interactive in that way for a long time. When my anxiety and depression were really bad, mm-hmm. I was screening every call. Mm-hmm. I was, you know, not looking. I think I talked about this in the last episode too. It's like I was not responding to text messages right away. I would either leave them unread or I would read them and then forget to respond. And then like three weeks later, it would finally catch up with me and be like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Right. Right. Which is not Which an amends. still happens to me sometimes just because I sure. get so many texts and emails now. So yeah. people now are texting me instead of emailing me. Mm -hmm. But I think there's also this thing where it's like, just because somebody emails me Uh or texts me, and I'm talking about people I may or may not have a relationship with Mm -hmm. mostly. Okay. I'm not obligated to reply. No. Like just because you show up in my inbox doesn't mean yeah. I owe you a response. And and I say that a lot around work. Mm-hmm. So I have a lot of people because I of the kind of gatekeeper role I have mm-hmm. uh, and protecting, you know, all of the people that I manage. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people who want to get in front of them and so they solicit me to do that. Mm-hmm. And just because I was solicited doesn't mean that I have to <laughs> respond to them. Right. And so like, you know, I got uh, one email and it's like, I don't know if you read my last email, but I'm sending this to you again. <laughs> I'm like, I read your last email and I'm reading this email and I'm blocking you. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not I don't owe you anything. Mm-hmm. You're trying to get my business and I don't mm-hmm. want your business and I could respond to all of those people, but no. Right. Like, and, you yeah. know, and on the opposite side, it's kind of like, oh, you know, I, you know, when I'm reaching out for help with people that I admire or think that, you know, I'd like to get some advice from mm-hmm. and they don't respond, it's like, you know, it's the same thing. They're busy and they yeah. have their thing and I'm not their priority. I reached out out of nowhere. Right. 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 <laughs> so, right. So I don't let that stuff like, kind of get to me the mm-hmm. way that it used to where it was like oh yeah. they don't like me or I'm not worthy or right. blah, whatever story I want to tell around it right no but I mean I used to I obviously it's some it's something to do that with people you don't have any connection to but like I would do that with friends and family right like mm. I would do that with like my best friends with you guys with dad with yeah yeah with my people because so, I just how did you feel about that though when you were doing it it was a combination. It was kind of like I don't have the energy to deal with whatever is coming my way, mm-hmm. like in anticipation of that, right? Like I don't 
have 20 minutes to be on the phone right now mm-hmm. or I don't want to go make a I want to see this person but I don't want to have to physically show up somewhere and make a plan because that feels exhausting like just even thinking about the idea of showing up somewhere mm-hmm. so it was it was a combination of like somewhat listening to boundaries but also not being a good other half of a relationship with mm. somebody right? right like relationships are between two people right so or more but mm-hmm. yeah and there's that too i mean and mm-hmm. my my ladies will call me out on it they're like okay you've been missing for a while what are you doing yeah. we're making a plan right yeah. and and i'll be like oh you're right because i just get in my yeah. like hamster wheel of work and yeah. life and I don't always make time. I'm I'm actually getting better at it, but mm-hmm. I still, you know, need a push sometimes to make dates with girlfriends. Yeah. And but yeah. I'm but I'm better at it than I was. Yeah. And that's the thing too. It's like, okay, there's a saying and I and I'm sure it didn't originate in the twelve step rooms, but it's like progress rather than perfection, mm-hmm. right? Like we're not perfect. We're not tr- trying to yeah. be perfect. You're not showing up to every book club meeting, right? Because no. sometimes you just can't get Some, there. Sometimes I can't. Sometimes yeah. I have work. Sometimes what, whatever. And it's it's not even about that. It's just like sometimes I can't, like you were talking about, sometimes I just don't have any more bandwidth. And right. I'm like done for the day. Yeah. And I just have to unplug and tune out. And rest. Yeah. And I think, especially in today's society, in where we live, mm-hmm. there's not a lot of appreciation for that, mm-hmm. for like taking a beat. Yeah. People, I think people are unlearning how to, how to be busy, right? Like that was very busy much for busy. Yeah, yeah. Just to be always like the pandemic slowed things down. And I think it forced people to be okay being alone and being by themselves and really sitting with themselves. Mm-hmm. Right. Like obviously there are ways you can numb out and distract yourself, but like there was no way to fill your social calendar. There was only so many zooms you could go to right, right. with that before you like totally fatigued. And so I think now people are like, oh, I kind of like having like time to myself and it might be important for me to recharge my batteries. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I book Sundays mm-hmm. as a day for me to do only things. Well, usually not anything, mm-hmm. although tomorrow I'm breaking the rule twice because <laughs> mm. I'm going to go learn how to play pickleball because Fun. apparently that's super fun everyone i know who's playing are totally obsessed about Uh it and and then i'm speaking at a meeting at 5 30 so which i made a commitment to a long time i know so i have an 8 30 and a 5 30 i'm like oh Mm. maybe i'll nap in between but it's Mm -hmm. like usually on sundays i'm in my jammies Mm -hmm. until whenever i feel like not being in my jammies Mm -hmm. and i have nowhere to go and no one to see and i don't make commitments with anybody even when they ask yeah i did i say no and we find another time to do something Mm -hmm. because i need a whole day Mm -hmm. usually to gear up for what i have to do the following week and so that i you know i if my cup is empty i don't have anything to give to anybody Mm -hmm. else and so it's like but I was one of those who the burner was running. And I think part of mm-hmm. it stemmed from like all 
not that I've heard all these years, but there were all the years of lost life mm-hmm. for, through my addiction mm. made me want to like live mm-hmm. and do things that mm. are fun and that bring I me never joy. Considered that about you. Yeah. Like I never saw it that way. That's really interesting. Huh. <laughs> but that was only, you know, you figure, okay, I was, you know, 10 years mm-hmm. of addiction. Just mm-hmm. crazy when you think about that I got sober like at 10 20. to 20. Yeah. And and you know how busy I like to right. do stuff. Right. <laughs> That's why I was napping before she came over here to record this. I am I am more inclined to rest. Yeah. So I have a question. Yeah. I have someone that I feel like I need to make amends to. Okay. It's someone who I was very close friends with for many years. Okay. And we supported each other through like several crises and Mm -hmm. whatever. And we reached a point in our friendship where my college, Mm -hmm. I did not feel like I could show up and be the kind of friend that they needed and Mm -hmm. continue to support them in a very specific way. Mm -hmm. And so eventually I just stopped responding to them. Mm. Right. And so now the question is, do I try to reach out and make an amends for how I kind of ghosted our friendship or would it be intrusive for me to do so? Or do I just like make a donation to a cause that I know is important to them? Like what, what would you recommend for that? That's com- it's, complicated, it's complicated, but it's also not. So I yeah. think if you if you ghosted somebody that mm-hmm. you had a relationship with and you cared about mm-hmm. and you feel badly about, mm-hmm. I think reaching out and making the amends for that is mm-hmm. appropriate. Okay. Yeah. In that instance. Usually I make the donations in terms of like things that I can't pay anymore, people I can't pay back. Yeah. Stuff like that. I'll make a right. donation to something that maybe they would have believed in or wanted to support something like that right so I guess my my question around that comes from the idea that like I don't want to be quote-unquote re-triggering for that person or like I don't want to insert myself and make them uncomfortable like I don't know how it'll be received like what do you do if you don't I mean I guess you don't there's no way to know how it'll be received there's no way to know how it will be received (laughs) however the thing is is that you feel mm-hmm. like you caused this person some harm mm-hmm. by not being a true friend mm-hmm. when they needed a true friend mm-hmm. and you know i can think about somebody that i did that with and you know she accepted the amends but we weren't like stepping back into that friendship mm-hmm. the same way and also it took a while to process and then we be you know kind of came together again years and years later mm-hmm. but in a very casual friend kind of way where mm-hmm. it's just like maybe once or twice a year or mm-hmm. something like that and so you know I don't think you have to go about it in the with the idea that you're gonna rekindle this relationship mm. and sometimes people are like you know yeah you were an asshole and I don't want to be friends with you like right. I don't want to be treated that way right yeah. and that's that's Valid. perfectly okay. Yeah. The thing is, is that you're you're coming to them 
acknowledging that you did something that wasn't cool. Mm -hmm. And most of the time, people are appreciative that somebody took ownership of that Mm -hmm. because most people don't. Mm -hmm. Like they just get hurt and nobody says shit Mm -hmm. and then everybody moves on with their lives and nobody ever comes back to clean it up. Mm -hmm. So the, the, the fact of... You know, I've had I've talked to somebody else who was talking about being having amends be made to them and showing up on an inappropriate day mm-hmm. and with no notice mm. and like physically showing up somewhere to make an amends without any kind of heads up. Heads or, up. Yeah. I'd say is not the way to go mm-hmm. about it. I'd say if you could reach out and just say, I'd like to meet with you mm. because I feel like I owe you an amends for the way I behaved in our relationship. Mm. Are you open to meeting with me? Mm-hmm. They can say yes or no. And if they say no, would it be okay if I write you a letter? Mm. Or is there any way that I can make this up to you? Right. Mm-hmm. And then you have to see what they're willing to or not willing to participate in. Got it. Yeah. But just randomly, I think randomly physically showing up somewhere yeah. just to make amends out of the blue mm-hmm. is totally not cool. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> because you don't know, you know, it's kind of like in any relationship, mm-hmm. just because I'm ready to have the conversation with you, mm-hmm. you might not be ready to have the conversation with me. Mm-hmm. Right. And so. We both need to be able to have a conversation. And sometimes you're not available for that. Mm -hmm. The other person's not available for that. And then it feels like a double, like you came to make amends, showed up out of the blue. My whole family's here. Right. The fuck? (laughs) Like, no. Yeah. Get going. And like, what we call a seagull move, (laughs) flying shit all over everything and then leave. Yeah. So like, uh, let's have another amends round for that. (sighs) Do you know what I mean? So it's like. Or I had somebody show up and t- make an amends, and she apologized for what she did wrong, mm-hmm. and then she said, but you know, you did blah, 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 mm. and I was just like, huh, nope, and I was just like, you know, I don't know where you learned to make an amends, but that's not it, and mm. thank you for your time, and I wish you well. And Mm -hmm. I was like, not Mm -hmm. having it. But that's also not a way to make an amends. It's not about pointing out what they did to you that caused the reaction Mm -hmm. to how you behaved. So you wouldn't say to whoever it is, I'm just going to make some shit up right Mm -hmm. now. Like, okay, you kept ditching me for your new boyfriend. Mm. And never made time for me. Mm-hmm. So I decided next time we were going to make have a date, I was just maybe going to blow you off. And so that I didn't, mm-hmm. so you could feel like what I felt like mm-hmm. by abandoning me. I'm gonna, just going to do it back to you. Mm. No, that's not, not that's not that it. Ain't it. <laughs> <laughs> that's not it. Mm. I, it's like, I didn't show up. I'm really sorry. Mm-hmm. And you're not talking about, Anything mm. that they did, because mm-hmm. this is not, they they may choose to talk about stuff, but my job is not mm. to point out what they did wrong in this scenario. In this scenario where mm-hmm. I'm 
apologizing and I'm trying to write something. Yeah. It is all about my side of the street. Yeah. So yeah, this is this is a place where you use a lot of I statements, right? Correct. It's the same thing when you're going about and just like going through normal harm reparations in your relationships where like you feel like you did something bad and rather than being like I was pissed off because you didn't take out the trash, just be like I was very angry today and I overreacted and for that I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then you're not you're going to have to figure out a way to deal with the trash, mm-hmm. right? Instead of being yeah. mad about it, maybe it's like... The trash needs to be taken out. How do we want to deal with this? Right. Or it would be make me really happy if you could take out the trash. Mm-hmm. And then they can say, well, I don't, I can't right now. You'll have to take it out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Or yeah. whatever, right? Instead, yeah. of, instead of reacting in the... Yeah. And that can be hard and scary too. Like even last night... We, I was cooking dinner and cleaning up all the stuff because I made an agreement with myself that starting this week that mm-hmm. I was going to do all the dishes before I went to bed, mm-hmm. right? And so in order to do that, I asked my boyfriend to take out the trash. Mm-hmm. And that was like hard and weird and scary to be like, hey, would it be all right if I asked you to take out the trash? And he was like, yeah. I was like, I feel bad asking you because you have a lot – of other responsibilities he's like i think i can handle taking out the trash (laughs) i was like oh okay and that was awesome right and now my house doesn't smell like um shrimp shells right and also (laughs) there's that that space in that where you were Mm -hmm. where you can say what is it about me that feels like i can't ask somebody for Mm -hmm. help when i've made dinner or we've made dinner yeah and I'm doing this part mm-hmm. and I need help with that yeah. part, right? And it's trying to avoid the resentment around the trash still being in the trash can. Right. And I would do I would do that with your dad too. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, can't he see that the trash is full and I'm cooking and I need it taken out? No, he can't because he's actually in the living room. <laughs> mm. mm-hmm. <laughs> so no, he cannot see that the trash is full mm-hmm. and that I'm filled it up cooking a meal for all of us, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So I would say, hey, it would make me really happy if you took the trash out. And he'd say, okay. And he'd take the trash out. Mm-hmm. And that is it. And mm-hmm. I didn't have to get mad and he didn't have to get weird. And mm-hmm. it was just like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Easy peasy. So, and and the we got a little bit off topic with the trash part, but I, I bring this up because in my mind, this is a way of like preventive care so that you don't need to make amends right mm-hmm. like the more you can communicate and be upfront and you know right. address your needs and be in relation with other people in a healthy way the more you avoid having to <laughs> having to come having back to with come your tail between your amends. legs yeah. right or you know or just like oh, i'm gonna learn how to ask for help mm-hmm. which i am still not good at and it was mm-hmm. interesting i came across some writing that i had found when I was like five years sober Mm -hmm. and it said, you know, when I'm in a place of stress or Mm -hmm. I'm going through something hard, Mm -hmm. my behavior is to retreat and then to come back and talk about it with my friends Mm -hmm. or whoever after it's passed. Mm -hmm. That behavior is still the same. Mm -hmm. And what I realized is 
that's okay. That's mm-hmm. the way I process stuff. Yeah. Like not everybody goes and reaches out and asks for help. Not everybody there... wants to verbally process with someone. No. Yeah. There are people who do mm-hmm. and there are people who don't. Mm-hmm. I'm one of those who don't. But I was like, oh, you know, all these years later. So if I wrote it once five years over, so mm-hmm. 32 years ago, mm-hmm. I'm still the same. Mm-hmm. I still process that kind of stress mm-hmm. the same way, mm-hmm. which works for me. Yeah. Right. And I think what is interesting about that is that sometimes people want to say, why don't you let me help you? Mm. And I'm like, you can help me mm-hmm. when I want the help. Mm-hmm. But it's not my job to make people to feel, make you feel better useful. about mm. helping me when they want to help me. You don't want the and help. And I don't want the help right then. Yeah. Right? Like Right. You want the help when you when you want it, not when it's convenient for them to be helping. Right. Yeah. Even like thank you, but no thank thank yeah. you and no thank you right now. Right. <laughs> yeah. All right. So the other thing you were going to do is you were going to read a piece of literature from the AA canon, which is The Promises. Right. And this is from the Alcoholics Anonymous big book, pages I think eighty three and eighty four. Not that she's read this before. No, it says right here in the oh, thing okay. I pulled up. <laughs> I didn't bring my book with me or anything. But um, the promises are written where they are in the in the big book mm-hmm. is within the ninth step. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of as a result, you know, when you start doing this work, mm-hmm. these kind of things you may start experiencing. Mm. And I thought, I just think they're beautiful and they're read a lot at meetings. Nice. And so these are the promises. If we are painstaking about this phase of our development, we will be amazed before we are halfway through. We are going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. Mm. We will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. We will comprehend the word serenity and we will know peace. No matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will see how our experience can benefit others. That feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. We will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Self-seeking will slip away. Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Mm. Fear of people and of economic insecurity will leave us. We will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. We will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. Mm -hmm. Are these extravagant promises? We think not. They are being fulfilled among us, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. They will always materialize if we work for them. Mm. I was like, I want all that stuff. I'll have that. Yeah. Comprehend the word serenity and no peace. I mean, have you lived yeah, in my head? Freedom from economic insecurity. Lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Mm. I was always like, okay, yeah, I'll do that for you. But what are you doing? If, what are you, you going to do for me? Like if mm. I'm doing something for you, then you owe me instead of just doing something for somebody out of the kindness of my heart. Yeah. It was always quid pro quo. Mm. Self-seeking will slip away. I never thought about anybody but myself mm-hmm. ever. When yeah. I was... So self-seeking, meaning like selfish behaviors, not like learn, not trying to get to know yourself. Right. So I feel like that oh, phrase has changed Interesting. A yeah. Bit. It's not, yeah, seeking your higher self. This is yeah. about 
selfish behaviors. Mm. Yes, for sure. No new freedom and a new happiness. And what I really liked, if we're painstaking about this phase of our development, we'll be amazed before we're halfway through. So, like, it's like, I don't have to get through all of these to start mm-hmm. having some of these. I just yeah. get to start and I get to, like, oh, yeah. Get, this like, is, a little taste. Yes, mm-hmm. this is happening. Mm. And I like to also, we will intuitively know how to handle situations with used to baffle us because... Mm-hmm. I was baffled. Yeah. You get caught in the like overthinking and the this and the that and the like. Frozen. Oh my God. I said that one weird thing once. One time I crop dusted a whole car of of guys. (laughs) Literally. And I'm like, oh God, I used to, I used to be terrified because I knew they would bring it up a lot. Do they know it was you? Of course they knew it was me. I was the only one in the car. Oh. (laughs) <laughs> like I was in the car and then I saw friends on the street and I was like, hey, let me give you a ride. Oh, and like that. I had rolled down the windows and I thought it was fine. It was not fine. <laughs> oh, I'm blushing. <laughs> I thought uh. it was hilarious at the time and I think it's funny now. But at the time, I also had really bad social anxiety. Uh, yeah. That was like that, that does in a couple of years after I graduated college. <laughs> and so it was just like. Oh. oh my god! And then I had to sit through this whole dinner where they were like giggling about they were it, like, and, like "Hey, let's go friends. back to Jackie's fart car." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh I will not god. be making an amends for that. <laughs> Why right. do we always end up back here? I don't know. I I apologize for the uh, bathroom humor, but this is where we end up every time. <laughs> There's oh. no avoiding <laughs> There's it. There's no avoiding it. Yeah, so I think this is also that that last one suddenly realized where God is doing for us that we cannot do for ourselves. You know, I think in that first three steps when you're building this relationship with something mm-hmm. bigger, right? That that's what we're going to call it for this for our steps, right? Cuz God is such a polarizing word yeah. now. I think when when you when you go through like the all the the phases to get to here. So it's like, you know, the admission that something's wrong, like mm-hmm. I'm not okay, to, you know, kind of that powerlessness of like, I've tried to make it okay on my own and it's not getting better, to maybe something bigger can help me. And what is that bigger thing gonna be that mm-hmm. I can make up that works for me? To like then looking at myself and seeing my part in where I'm at and how I got to be where I'm, you know, in this situation. Yeah. And then telling somebody else about it Mm. and kind of getting over the the shame of it. And then looking at like what part of me is causing it and those behaviors and six and seven where you're like wrestling with, you're excavating. Yeah, you're kind of you're you've excavated, but you're like now, okay, you know my my head says nobody's looking. Take that candy bar. Mm-hmm. To I'm no, I'm not a thief. Mm-hmm. I no longer take things that don't belong to me. Not even I no longer because I feel like that also has like an element of shame or like yeah. attachment to the past. And I don't steal things. I don't steal things. I don't smoke cigarettes. Right. Yeah. No thanks. I don't smoke. No thanks. I don't smoke. That kind of atomic habits kind of thing yeah. where he's talking about. 
I'm trying to quit versus no thanks, I don't smoke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so making the decision around that and then, you know, your body's still saying, but I really want to smoke. Mm-hmm. I really want to drink. I really want to fill in the thing. Like, I really want to take a nap, take a nap. I really want to, you know, even though I am committed to be somewhere in an hour, mm-hmm. I know I don't, you know, sometimes I do really need a nap. Like mm-hmm. I, my body is tired and I'm like, okay, I've got literally 15 minutes where I can just tiger snooze it and mm-hmm. I set the alarm and I have the phone mm-hmm. on me and I pass out. And then I like 15 minutes is never enough, but it's enough to keep me going. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. And it's also enough to not keep me from going to sleep at night. Yes. So that's also the other thing. And I found it particularly helpful when I had nighttime commitments and right after we kind of went back to work in an office, like back to work with people after mm-hmm. the pandemic, because I wasn't used to like what it took out of me to do mm. that. And so I was very tired at the end of the day and it was hard to go to a seven o'clock meeting or seven, whatever mm-hmm. it was, dinner or whatever it was. And I'd need to like shut my eyes from like 6.15 to 6.30 yeah. and then kind of get ready to go and go. Yeah. Yeah. So that's mm-hmm. step nine. Step what, nine. Do you have any other thoughts or questions around that or... No, I think I'm still just like chipping away at my stuff. Right. I'm still I'm still on my step four. Right. Right. And I did start I have a new therapist. Mm -hmm. And so we're two officially two sessions in and we're still just playing catch up. I think the first month is just going to be like us getting to know each other. And then we'll kind of dig in like I've told her that me sharing this work is one of my priorities. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we'll see how it goes. And and you can still. I'm going to put that friendship amends in Mm. like you can still move forward Mm -hmm. and do that amends Mm. without like if you know. Oh, yeah. I don't need like I don't need approval from my therapist to go make the amends. No, but you also (laughs) don't need to like full on thoroughly go through all of these Mm. steps because it's take there. It's a process like we talked about. Yeah. Six and seven being long COVID like that's just, a, you know, a lifetime of trying to be a better person right. for yourself. Right? right. And so there's no perfect way to do it. But the sooner you start chipping away at these amends, mm-hmm. the better you feel because they're no longer just sitting there on your shoulder. And, you know, right. and it's not even sitting on your shoulder because a lot of times you won't even know you know, I, I think what happens is once you start making the list of amends, then mm-hmm. then they're sitting on your shoulder because you just did it and you faced it and you're like, yeah. oh, they're all there. And so the more that you can just chip away at what's there and trying to do the hardest ones first, kind of just like in life, like get the hard stuff out of the way, then yeah. the easy stuff is like, oh, okay, I got this. I can I can do this. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah. And they buy you the most, like, mental breathing room. That's what I mean. Too, by, like, freeing up that space. It's, like, not even about the other ones feeling easier. It's, like, oh, like, there's all of this space now where that used to be. Right, which is why that promises says there will be a new freedom and a new happiness. It's, like, oh, I 
I'm clean on my side. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like I can walk with my head held high and yeah. I can be a person of dignity and grace instead of mm-hmm. shame and remorse, right? Yeah. Like, that that it starts shifting that mm-hmm. interior barometer of goodness. Yeah. And it does make things better. And, you know, and still life happens. And, you know, in L.A., it's been overcast yeah. for months and months and months and i gotta tell you i a few days this week this i woke up to blue sky and it mm-hmm. was like oh my god i'm so like i i really realized that the gray has an effect on my mood mm. and how kind of little mm-hmm. bit bummed out i am yeah. that there's no sunshine right and yeah. so a few weeks ago me and our staff at work, we mm-hmm. work pretty close to the ocean, and we went for a walk down to the pier and back. And yeah. it was, like, so lovely mm-hmm. to just be outside, chit-chatting, mm-hmm. having a walk. And all the work was still there when you got back. It was literally it was... a 20-minute round trip. Yeah. And it was so nice to be out in the sunshine. So. Yeah. Sometimes I mean, you know, Gotta I'm just feed saying your lizard brain. Yeah, too. it's not. And I just want to stress that this this stuff that we're talking about is not a cure all. Like yeah. life is still in session, and there's going to be things that can bum you out mm-hmm. that are out of your control, and not it, there's nothing I can do about. I don't know if you want to call it seasonal depression or whatever they yeah. call it, but like I know it's a real thing. Yeah, for sad. people that live up in like. The Pacific Northwest, where they mm-hmm. actually have to have lights that yeah, make you the happy feel lamps. Yes, yes. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. So you got to boost supplement with vitamin D and <laughs> yes, the whole thing. Exactly. Yeah. So it's a real thing, and so you know, just know, like, it's not. I I look at the this twelve is steps. A, it's in the toolkit. It's a toolkit, and they're kind of like again like guardrails for mm-hmm. life. They're not going to keep you from driving off, mm-hmm. right? But they're, they're going to just remind you that there's a cliff right there. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, I'm going to just keep turning and not yeah. go right over. And so it's kind of like, oh, I can pull these tools out mm-hmm. when I need them to mm-hmm. not go down a funky rabbit hole where yeah. it's like past seasonal depression, where right. it's just like full-on depression, Yeah, right? And also, it's really easy to get caught up, particularly in Los Angeles. It's super easy to get caught up in the, like, I always need to be bettering myself and working on myself, not even, like, from a work or, like, productivity standpoint, but from a spiritual standpoint and a health standpoint, right? Like, people can get – I've been really burned out on the, like, make your, like – new moon list and do your ritual <laughs> and do this breathwork class and then do met, do your daily meditation and Stretch blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> and yeah, you can spiritually bypass. You can be very earnest about trying to do all of these things, but ultimately like that's, yeah. Yeah. And also you could Difficult. be doing all those things and not really be doing the work. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which is why sometimes when you're, yeah, 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 when you're just like trying to, like, yeah, but sometimes you just need to like exist too. Like, sometimes yeah. it's okay to go through a period where you're not actively working on bettering yourself, right? And right. you're just kind of cozying and existing. Correct. Yeah, but when it turns south, and we all know when it turns south, mm-hmm. there's. The, the thing for me is like there's that surrender and right. then a lot of it f- 
for me and you and I have differences of opinion and yeah. I actually would like to talk about that for a second because mm-hmm. it has to do with bootstrapping, mm-hmm. right? So when I am in a funk, mm-hmm. half my battle is just to get out of bed, make my bed and get out of the house. Mm-hmm. If it's really a funk, I go and try and find somebody to help, mm-hmm. right? Because that will just take my eyes off myself yeah. and I just can now... It just snaps my brain in a way that I forget yeah. that I was upset. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And and then you're like, sometimes you just can't bootstrap it all the time, Mom. Mm-hmm. So I'd love to hear your thoughts around that, even though this isn't around step nine. Yeah. Growing up, I had a really hard time being like a people pleaser, right? I was very desperate to to be liked and accepted and cherished and praised for showing up and for doing the things and baking the cakes and et cetera, et cetera, right? And, you know, showing up to all the family events and the, the this and the that. That all kind of, it felt like it caught up with me, right? I was not honoring the times that I actually wanted to show up and the times that I needed a break, mm-hmm. right? You can stretch yourself too thin. And right. I stretched myself thin for a really long time. And then that tipped me way over the burnout edge to the point where I like couldn't do anything, right? Mm. Like when I was really sick with the mold stuff and was also like depressed and anxious, like I would wake up and go to my like work appointment at nine or 10 in the morning, do my do, and then I would come back and I would get back in bed and go to sleep because I like literally could not keep my eyes open or I'd be sitting on the couch trying to do work and I would fall asleep like with my laptop in my lap. Hmm. Right. So there's also like a physical element, too. And it took me a long time to listen to my body and be like, oh, something might actually be wrong. I'm not I might not just be anxious or depressed. Uh And so because I have this thing that's like it can come and go, I want to also be very aware of the energy that I have, where I want to use that and also what my boundaries are. Right. Like I had I had to learn to like reestablish my boundaries. Right. Because I did not know how to do that. And because you are also such a doer and a giver and you had what I now understand as these kind of commitments that you made to yourself about showing up, I was always like, like, you know, you're always like, all right, we're going to dinner at grandma's at four. Right. And I'm like, "Okay, I guess we're going to dinner at grandma's at four. And I'm like, we're going to my mom's on Tuesdays and my 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 grandma's on Thursdays Mm -hmm. for years when you were little. And it was really lovely. Like, you know, most people I know don't have that kind of availability or proximity to their families or desire to see their families that Mm -hmm. often, right? Like, I really love our family and I've always felt very, like, supported and and cherished by them. Are we, like, super close? Do I, like, reach out to all of these people when I need something or want to talk or whatever? No, but when I show up, it's it's this idea that I'm, like, loved and welcomed and I Mm -hmm. feel that same way Mm -hmm. towards them. But yeah, sometimes lately I've been like, nope, sorry, I have work and I'm not going to like haul ass right after to be at, you know, 4th of July picnic for 20 minutes before everybody (laughs) goes home. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that makes sense. Yeah. Sometimes you just can't make it. Yeah. And, and the bootstrapping thing is like, life is really hard. It's really hard to exist. It's really hard to exist in this current world, in this political climate, in this financial climate, it's really hard to exist. If you have mental health problems, 
if you have physical health problems, if you have substance use problems, if you have financial problems, financial problems, like just being takes a lot. If you're human, right. (laughs) I mean, no matter what, you have to like wake up, right? Take care of your like bodily functions, clean yourself and eat and like tidy your living space if that feels important to you or not. But like sometimes eventually that will catch up to you too, Mm -hmm. right? Hence the commitment to doing my dishes. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think I think I need to I need to process and like grieve a little bit of how life has changed since I grew up and what it, what I thought it would mean to be in my thirties. Right. And also we're in this kind of weird post pandemic. I think we're kind of like officially post pandemic now. Like you Mm -hmm. don't really hear about COVID in the news as much. I'm sure we will again this fall. Right. But I think that there was this big opportunity for a lot of parts of our society to change and they didn't. Mm. Right. Like we've gone back to the the status quo in so many areas and people don't have. They're not as like stuck in that hamster wheel anymore. Right. They don't want to go back to the office. Right. They want to be able to go see their friends for lunch midday. Right. And still get their work done. Yeah. But it's interesting now that we're back in the office, even Mm -hmm. though it was forced Mm -hmm. on a good portion of our staff, Mm -hmm. including me, I didn't want to go back. Mm -hmm. They didn't want to go back. Mm -hmm. But now that we're back and we've made a concentrated effort on getting to know each other Mm -hmm. and celebrating each other, Mm -hmm. it's nice. It's actually nice to be around people. Yeah. And it's also... Super helpful to not have to email somebody four times to get an answer. Like I can just walk over and say, hey, blah, 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 blah. And they go, blah, 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 blah. And then it's solved instead of like I send an email, they're in a meeting, they send an email, I'm in a Mm -hmm. meeting. And then four hours later, we, (laughs) I respond, you know, like it's just like, yeah, there's ease in that. But I still think there's a sense of, I want the option to have a work from home Friday. Right. You know, I want the option to have work from home one day a week yeah. so I can do my you laundry. Can, or, right. Right. You know, yes. like, like in between That's what calls, I mean. There's right? like, it's hard to find time to do actual life things. Right. When you have intense work commitments that are, that require a physical presence. Right. Because on the weekends, uh, you want to be social and you also yeah. want to take care of yourself. Or you might not be, yourself. you might have to work on the weekends. Right. A lot of people, a lot of people have, have, have to work on the weekends. Job. Yeah, or a first or, or their or first, first job. job. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's kind of like, but the weekends, I'm saying weekends, but it could be like some yeah, your days Tuesdays off. Yeah. Wednesdays off or whatever. Yeah. So I think there's just a lot of still uncertainty. Yeah. And, um, and that's why we're doing this, right? There's, right. it's because I think the main thing is, is that my initial inspiration for writing was. Like, I just need people to know you're not alone in the, in the struggle. Like the struggle is real. Yeah. The struggle still happens for me at 37 years. Right. Right. Like I called a meeting with my sponsor last night. I was like, Hey, I need some sponsorship. Are you available? And she's like, okay. And we went to dinner and it was, it was really nice. And she gave me some direction that I don't want to do. And it's like, (laughs) fuck, I still have to do this stuff after 37 years. I thought I already dealt with this, but you know, it's coming up. And so it's like, Mm -hmm. okay, I'm just going to deal with it again with the eyes that I have today. Right. Mm -hmm. And the body that I have and the work that I've done, and we're going to layer it onto what I've already done and see you know, why this keeps coming up. And so yeah. it's kind of the the good news is 
I have a way to deal with it. Mm-hmm. I don't just have to now live with that funk. Yeah. And then live with some more funk by myself mm-hmm. in the dark yeah. alone with no solution. Yeah. Right? Like I have solutions and the solution yeah. might not totally fix the problem. Mm-hmm. But I'm not alone with it anymore. Yeah. And also because, <laughs> because I I know she can relate to what I'm going mm-hmm. through. And so there's a camaraderie in that feeling. So you're, it's not like uh, it kind of takes the not the shame because I don't feel shame around mm-hmm. it. It's just that. Sometimes I get disappointed that I still have to deal with shit that I thought I already dealt with. Sure. And so yeah. when I say I have to deal with something and then somebody else relates to it, I'm like, oh, you know, this is just a human condition, right? Mm-hmm. It's not anything that I could have prevented or done better mm-hmm. or made go away because you can't. I can't make things go away. Like right. things are going to come up for me that I thought I've dealt with that Mm. maybe I didn't, or I don't know why they're coming up again, but they're coming up again. So now we get to deal with it again and that's okay. Like it's no longer like the weight of it is going to sink me. Mm -hmm. Right. It's like, Oh, okay, here we go. I'm going to have to look at some shit again and it's not going to feel good. And I might cry and I might have some feelings and I might be kind of bummed out for a little bit. And then I get to like, but I get to get it out, mm-hmm. and then I get to get to this, like, freedom and joy again, right? Right. right. <laughs> and without doing it, I don't get to get to that freedom and joy. Yeah. And I'm alone. Yeah. I do want to backtrack a little bit to, like, the work work in the office versus work from home thing. Okay. Because the benefits that you described are benefits that are, like, good for the company and good for work, right? You get more immediate, so like you get more immediate solutions by being able to walk up to somebody and ask them a question versus waiting on them to respond and Mm -hmm. having this kind of ping pong back and forth. And I think the hard part is that there's this kind of immediacy of time that has been created in the name of efficiency and productivity in the workplace that makes people feel like they need to be available and respond at a a pace that is not always – most conducive to how they are working or their specific circumstances. Right. The other thing that I think is also it's good is that like people need to be around other people, like being physically around your coworkers. It can be a very pleasant thing Mm -hmm. for many people. Right. And that can help boost your work day and make you feel good about the place that you're working, knowing that there are like lovely, beautiful, joyful people around. Uh Right. And I don't want those two things to get mixed up, right? No. I mean, I was saying that in terms of my own frustration. I'm not for the benefit of the company, but let's just say that I don't know a process for Mm -hmm. something. Or, you know, it it could be something as simple as my Google Calendar isn't populating something, Mm -hmm. right? And there's somebody that's right there Mm -hmm. that I can ask Mm -hmm. to help me. Yeah. Or I can hit support at Mm -hmm. and wait for a ticket to be issued and somebody Mm -hmm. who I don't know to respond to it to then give me some sort of 
maybe helpful answer, maybe not helpful answer Mm -hmm. versus having somebody who's right there who wants to help me Mm -hmm. and we have an exchange and usually because we now have a relationship, Mm -hmm. we're laughing and we're joking and I'm like, okay, Mm -hmm. time to help mom with her computer Mm because she (laughs) doesn't know how to use her Google Calendar, right? To, again, there's that thing that happens when Mm -hmm. we're helping each other that takes us out of ourselves that makes you feel good. Right. And so it's not, I'm not saying it so that the company is going to hit their bottom line. Totally. I mean, I think the reason they're focused, at least the reason I think, well, the reason I think we're focused on having people come back Mm -hmm. is because culture is very hard to create online. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so people have lost that sense of connection Mm -hmm. to each other in the workspace. I mean, I think people found each other again in Mm -hmm. their families and friends because that's all happening again. Yeah. But in the workplace, it's still a little tricky. Yeah. And, And I'm saying that the workplace has been such a dominant part of American culture and American life and how we value ourselves for so long that mm -hmm. that was probably really healthy. And now the workplaces are trying to desperately claw that back right? because of in the name of productivity and and all of that. And I think that there's going to be a balancing that happens, right? It's not just going to be like everybody has to come back to work and it's all going to be great. Yeah. But okay. And so my point in my the reason I'm bringing this up Mm -hmm. is that. I want to emphasize in this kind of discussion around bootstrapping and what you are and aren't available to do for yourself. Right. Is there are individual circumstances that have to do with your physical body, Mm -hmm. right? And there are also like institutional and societal forces that make everyday life challenging and make it hard to kind of giddy up. Right. Right? So also like I need to give myself grace. Yes. And I think there are people who are, you know, world traveling and remote working and it's working for them. They're digging that. Right. And good. There's plenty of jobs out there that people have acknowledged. Finally, you don't need to come and sit next to somebody to do. Yeah. I think there's also a possibility for somebody who's traveling by themselves in particular Mm -hmm. that they could get a little lonely. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, if there's if they're not particularly outgoing right. or whatever. I mean, traveling I is, think those, is fine. I think the people who end up doing that, though, are people who are who are not naturally inclined to, to, be around to dwell in their loneliness. Right. I, if I was a van lifer, I would just be sitting in my van, being a sad sack, stinky because no one's around me to smell me, and I'm not going to go up and, like, befriend the, you know, I'll chit-chat with the gas station person, but I'm not, like, trying to make friends at the barbecue stop. You know, like that life is not the life for me. Right. Right. And it's not the life for me either. I like to talk to people. Yeah. I like to, you know, going to dinner last night with my sponsor and Mm -hmm. and us laughing with this, the server Mm -hmm. was amazing. Like, you know, we're like, tell us one of your crazy stories. And Mm -hmm. he told us like two and he's like. Really? You guys are going to still ask me for more? You know, but by the end of the night, it was like, 
he he was laughing. We yeah. were laughing. He comped us some ice cream. Aww. Like, you know, we had a like an exchange, a human exchange yeah. with somebody. And that is a really beautiful thing. And so that's mm-hmm. why I think, you know, you talked about needing a place to commune with yeah. other people who are doing this particular work. Yeah. Because there isn't really a place for people who don't have an addiction of some sort or another. I think there are. There probably are meetings for people. Sure. But they're not our meetings. And this yeah. is what we're going to do. We're going to create a space for people to come together and and commune with each other mm-hmm. and relate to each other and feel accepted for who they are with all the blisters and yeah. the, like, I can bootstrap, I can't bootstrap. I can do, you know, like, mm-hmm. I'll, there's a... It doesn't matter yeah. Um, what you can or can't do or mm-hmm. what your financial status is or what your political beliefs are or yeah. any of that. It's all about, like, how can we help each other, one human to mm-hmm. another human and collectively as humans in this space yeah. to get through life? Yeah. Because it is hard. It's so hard. There's so much to do. But it's also a little easier having some guardrails. Mm -hmm. It does make it easier, even though it feels harder and like one more thing to do that's like really hard. Yeah. Once you're in it and start doing it, it's harder to not do the Mm. work than it is to do the work. Like Mm -hmm. for me, Drinking and using, oh, my God, it would be so hard on my life right now. Mm -hmm. Like, I can't imagine the kind of bullshit I'd have to clean up Mm -hmm. to live that life again. And I know from just my own behavior when I first got here where I didn't stay sober right Mm -hmm. away and also watching people go in and out. And some people just go out and not come back. Mm -hmm. I'm not really, I'd rather deal with like, oh, I got this issue again Mm -hmm. and I got to write about it and Mm -hmm. I got to deal with it and I've got to face the music one more time, which is painful, but it's not as painful as tearing the shit out of my life and like having to like just live in that insanity Mm -hmm. of deceit and I mean deceit in the in deceiving myself mm. just the the dishonest the level of dishonesty i had mm-hmm. to me mm. was unbearable and i don't want to ever go back to that yeah so gotta write some more gotta meet with my sponsor gotta find a room for us to meet in mm. gonna keep giving it away gotta keep doing the stuff yeah no one's making us do this yeah (laughs) her eyes got big (laughs) you're like she's making me do this i was sleeping on the couch an hour ago yeah (laughs) no we're doing this together i know i know yeah it's good though it's good yeah yeah all right well step nine and all the other stuff we talked about yeah Life on life's terms. Mm-hmm. Classic Denise Friedism. Life on life's terms. <laughs> saying that. I know because life is it, always in session. It is always in session, and so serenity prayer comes in handy. Extended warranty. 
Mars is extended warranty. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Cultural reference. Yeah. Somebody listening 25 years from now, some random whatever, right. if there is, even is still podcasts, are going to be like, what the fuck are they talking about? The, what's a warranty? <laughs> what are cars? What are cars? All right. You are a miracle. Drink some water. Yep. Drink some water. Maybe take a nap if you need a nap. Be kind to yourself Mm -hmm. and others. Yeah. Maybe take a bile break. Yeah. And eat something that feels really good for your body. Yes. And, you know, get some sleep. Yeah. And uh, life tips. Life tips. Yeah. Life tips from the wellness, uh, the wellness well. Yeah. <laughs> no. And also, you know, again, we're not professionals. Mm-hmm. I don't know shit about psychology. I am, mm-hmm. I have no medical <laughs> or spiritual training. I have yeah. nothing but my own experience. And we're yeah. only talking about our own experience here. This is us doing the work. Yeah. You're welcome to do it with us. Mm-hmm. We hope you will. Yeah. We want to see you. Yeah. We All love right. you. All Drink right. some water. Bye. Bye. We want to hear from you. Find us on Instagram and TikTok at 12 Steps for Everyone. That's at the number 12 Steps for Everyone. Please like and follow us. You can also send us topics you want us to dig into or follow-up questions from each episode. And if you know someone who would enjoy or benefit from our conversations, please feel free to share this with them. All are welcome here. <laughs>